It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I'm a man of very broad tastes, Tom. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Of course, you know what to do. If you uh, if you like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at Spotify or Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, uh, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, recent episodes have included uh, John Roberts. He is the voice of Linda on Bob's Burgers. We had on uh, Dave Davies from The Kinks, uh, the band Inhaler, Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam, and I also talked to the cast of uh, Apple TV Plus's City on Fire. Those are just recent episodes here at uh, the Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. It's been a few years since we've been able to talk. It's been a few years since they've had a new album. But the band is back. It's called In Times New Roman. It's their first since 2017. Josh and I are going to discuss how he's making music for uh, all stereotypes uh, and the music we liked as adults that we despised in our youth. And, of course, ultimately how he's soundtracking his own life, which, like many of us, is pretty crazy right now. Uh, Josh is also going to dig deeper into the LP's more aggressive moments. We are going to go deep on his thoughts on why we even exist at all and his uh, his uh, uh, knack of using gallows humor to to even soften the blow of our very existence. <laughs> it's a great conversation, one of my favorites. Let's dig into it and talk about In Times New Roman. It's Kyle Meredith with Josh Hami of Queens of the Stone Age. It's good to see you again. Um, seriously, uh, In Times New Roman, uh, I love this record. I've loved everything you guys done. And I've been such a fan for such a long time. This is such a masterfully powerful album. That's the compliments at the beginning. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, now I'm uncomfortable. So so thank you. <laughs> you know, two things that two three things that embarrass me. Okay. Going shopping. You know, I don't get embarrassed. That's the thing. I, I I'm I'm fine with almost everything. But going shopping for clothes because I I don't do that. And then uh uh 
eating at a party where you have to stand up like someone talking to someone like a plate of shrimp it's like i'm like get the fuck out of here with that. sure and third is receiving a compliment so i'd like to take this minute to tell you to go fuck yourself <laughs> i'm probably going to be told that a lot this interview and i'm okay with that because i know why and what it means it just means you know what it means it means i'm just scared anyways it's fine. yeah well anyway the record's fucking great stop it. let's get into it then let me ask you questions about this damn record okay First off, though, like obscenery, we get into it, and and your lyrics are off the charts good. The wordplay is great, and right at the beginning, I feel like it's this Willy Wonka style introduction. I love that actually. <laughs> I love. I, I'm making music for all stereotypes. Like I need oh. you to have a cane when you do it, right? So and do a little That's flip. The, you're the first person to notice one of my favorite. Uh, for some reason, I feel like that line is uh, is of its time, right? Like because. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on and you can pick any spectrum you like but saying i make music for all stereotypes it's like makes me happy <laughs> that's like my that's my comfort zone because i feel like it's so accepting and also insulting at the same time that i just i i think to myself like now nah, when i do something like that you know i i, lo I love uh, i love all stereotypes <laughs> Do you find that you're liking music that you would not have liked when you were much younger? Like the other day, I, the example, like Gilbert O'Sullivan's Alone Again Naturally comes on and I'm right on board it. with it. Sure, I love it now, but I know that I, I didn't love it, you know, 20 years ago. Sure, because when you're a kid, you, you try to revolt against your parents and you find your thing and you pick your ice cream flavor and you make a a little fence around it you're like no one else licks rocky road right as if you're defending of this ice cream flavor against a bully right you, and you say it's mine you're trying to identify yourself in this cavalcade of static right and uh and this is what you must do and then all of a sudden quickly if you're in your mid to late 20s and you're not realizing that genre is for teenagers and people who work at a record store, you're in a big trouble. Because all of a sudden you're kind of like, a maybe you're a racist, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I, I just, I mean, maybe you're not, that's maybe a bit extreme, but maybe you are. You know, I, I, I just think that, like I don't have guilty pleasures because I don't feel bad. Right. I'm, I'm in the pursuit of what I care about. And I think you are, too. And so, you know, I when I, you know, I'm listening to when I make dinner, which is every night from me and my littles, I listen to Chet Baker and I listen to Astro Gilberto and Stan Getz and Juan Gilberto. And I and I and then all of a sudden it's T-Rex and then it's the cars and then it's right. And then it's, a, you know, I Nilsson Schmilson, I, I what? Who am I to pretend I couldn't like Britney Spears' Toxic? I, what am I, a fool? It's one of the greatest pop songs ever written. Yeah, I mean, get out of my face with like, like telling me it's I can't do stuff. I, I, I just, look, we're soundtracking our lives here. And, and uh, you know, being a DJ is bitching when you have the freedom to be bitching like that. When it's bitching, it's at the vanguard of like, oh my God, wait gotta hear this you won't believe what's gonna happen so there's something about saying you won't believe what's gonna happen at the beginning of a story that says oh my god reality is crazy 
It's crazy. It's, it's, it's unimaginable, but so true, right? And I just, look, I'm making, I'm soundtracking my own life. And I, uh, I want to do a good job, you know? I, wanna, I want it to be real. And uh, that's why the brutality of the sonic side of this record and the lyric side is, that's why it's like that, because life is fucking nuts, you know? I mean, I didn't come up with that. I'm just noticing it standing next to you like, wow, you know? Consider my tiny mind blown, you know? But how do you, I get to do this for a living, so I'm gonna do it full on. You know, pry my guitar out of my cold dead hand. I think Charlton Heston said that. <laughs> Specifically, exactly like that. I believe he said that. Yeah, that's uh... yeah. And we'll be right back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. Those moments, and too, and, and it is a heavy record, and, and I can feel what you're talking about there, the projection of this life is crazy and the world is crazy right now. And there are those pockets, though, that I find bits of light. Uh, time and space is one of them. You know, when I was reading the lyrics of that one, well, first off, though, I'll take a big swing here. There's a Charles Bukowski poem. It's my favorite one. It's called Art and Light and Time and Space. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I, but I think when you're in the fight against this world for yourself, you, oftentimes you feel like the, the world's against you. That's not the case. The world is pursuing its own best interest, but you're in this world. And oftentimes the world's best interest is perpendicular to you. And every once in a while, it's what they call Mexican standoff or game of chicken. This is what I've tried to avoid my whole life, this game of chicken, this Mexican standoff, like, and because it's dangerous in that moment. But you need to know when it's the moment to look at someone and say, name the time, name the place, motherfucker. And, 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 I, and I believe in this. I, I, in the moments of profound loss, and uh, uh, confusion, disbelief, um, uh, sadness, and, and love, happiness, joy, and appreciation. Every once in a while, you have a moment where you're like, I don't fucking fight you right now. And someone says you're going to lose, and you're like, what does that have to do with it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite your fucking ear off. You know, I, I just, I'll, I'll leave you forever changed, you know? That's, and, and, I, and I, I romanticize these moments, these 
these are ideals. These are moments where they don't define your character, they reveal it. And I love these, I treasure these moments. You know, someone's mentioned, mentioned, they said the word machismo <laughs> in regards to paper machete and time and place. And I was like, no, no. In the film of the soundtrack of your life, it's my job to freeze the frame, take a single celluloid moment, distill that drop and make a sonic photograph of that. And sometimes, and I've sing about my own being terrified and, and, and being in love, uh, being rejected, being all these things. But this person was focusing in on the fact that sometimes I'm angry. And, but also I'm a fighter, so sometimes I fight. And sometimes I fight for the wrong reason, but I fight nonetheless, because I know it's real, right? It's not machismo, it's uh, the willingness to throw yourself over the cliff of what you believe in. Which is beautiful. I mean, that, that is beautiful. And, 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 and that it, it sort of reminds me of, uh, of Carnivore too. You know, we got the, the second single there because that's one of my favorite moments. That, that line, when there's nothing I can do, I smile. And I'm now in, I, speaking of stereotypes, I'm, I'm about to turn 42. I'm thinking about things that you think about when you get into your 40s. And I think about what if nothing, what if nothing, what if none of it matters and nothing happens after and it's all here we here this it, this is just it and I, you get a line like that and i think well at least there's that solace that fuck it, you know I, I think i think um could the fact that you exist all be to service um the furtherance of nothing and i say that without context for religion or anything else religion is born of this notion but it doesn't answer this notion i guess my rhetorical question to you is um, are you here to service the proof of nothing? You know, I, I, um, I don't care about the earthly interpretations of why and what. There's life's big questions. I, I can answer one of them. Why are we here? I can give you a temporary answer for why are we here. Which is? Because you are, so you better get started. Right? I, I, and, and it's not the final answer. I did not create the wheel and I'm retarded. And um, I don't care if you're not supposed to use that word and then that matters. These, these are just noises my face is making. I'm just saying, regardless of what I say, you're here and you better get started. And, and this is about nowism. You're here now. Five minutes from now is always five minutes from now and yesterday is gone, my friend. And so this, we're talking, this is all you'll ever get. This is all I'll ever get. I need to make sure that that we're good right now because I've there's nothing else to do, and 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 I and I'm okay with that, you know, and and uh, or I wouldn't be here, you know. Like you don't need to do anything. It's like I need to make money. I need to do this. I need. Fuck you. You don't need to do any of that. You you what what you need to do is move at the speed of inspiration and pursue what's worth going after. And, and, and it's an utterly American perspective at times, it feels, to say such a thing. Yet here we are, um, and that doesn't matter either. That's just someone's critique of your ability to recognize that now is important. But fuck those people too. You know, I, I, to take a calculated risk is all that I see in life. 
I mean, the people that eat peanuts and throw the shells into the ring, they mean nothing. They are nothing. It is nothing. They create the static that's the same when the TV goes off. I just, you know, what can you do, man? You know, I, I, um, what can you do? You know? I mean, I can't agree with any of that more. And, and I, I really do mean that. Like, that is exactly what I was getting out of this. That's exactly what I was hearing about in all of this. Well, but there's a great thing which people call gallows humor. Of course, you know about it. And of course, everyone knows about it. There's a great documentary, too, about um, offending people and gallows humor. And, and um, <laughs> there's a story about um, two guys who are in Auschwitz and in order to survive, they've taken a job doing the most horrific things, which is like taking bodies to the crematorium. And they've seen their people they know and, and, and they're taking a break. And uh, God, I hope I get this story right. And, uh, and jo- Dr. Joseph Mengele walks in, he's in a long, almost floor length leather coat. And these guys are exhausted. Now they're talking about gallows humor, mind you. And <clears throat> they're having a moment to stop and Mangala comes in and goes, open your mouth. And he looks at the guy's teeth and he says, you need to take better care of your teeth. And he walks away. And one guy says to the other, he goes, oh, nice. And the other guy says, yeah, nice coat. And they start laughing. And this is my perspective of life too. <laughs> you know, when life is tough, it's when life is good, it's funny. And when life is really rough, it's really funny, you know? And I think when, when life is hard, you need to make fun of it to soften the blow. If you don't make fun where there was none, all you have left is to take it really serious. And I just refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And in those moments, in those Willy Wonka moments in the face of utter darkness, I love this record so much. Willy Wonka is a very dark character. Absolutely. Absolutely. Both versions, Johnny and, and Gene Wilder, are very dark, perverse characters. It feels like a company to be in. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, uh, this record in Times New Roman, it's so good. I cannot wait to see it live. You're going to be here in Louisville September 24th at the Louder Than Life Festival, and I will be there front row. Uh, and uh, I'll be there too, front row. Yeah. I'll be- I mean, it's a different the other side of the front row, but it's, I'll be right there. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much for taking the time. This is always such an honor. Cheers. Now, Josh has stopped by the uh, this show a few times over the years. Uh, the most recent time, though, was all the way actually back in 2016. This is when he teamed up with Iggy Pop uh, to talk about the uh, the record they did together called Post Pop Depression. Uh, I'm going to include that one here and another one here in just a few moments. But this one, we dig into uh, crooning, fear, sex, and death. Uh, all that and a whole lot more. This is uh, part two of Josh Homme and features Iggy Pop. Hey, hi, Kyle, Kyle. How are you? I'm great. It's good to be talking to you both. I like Louisville. Yeah, so do I. I love living here. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice so town. <laughs> I like I've, your airport. It's a small airport. airport. Yeah, they oh, call that's it. Why the, I like it. Yeah, they call it an international yeah. airport, but it's it's not real. It's not true. Well, but you I know, like it. it's not the size of the airport. It's the motion of the flights. <laughs> so. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in our case. We have a lot it's a to. Good thing. We have we have a lot to overcompensate for, I guess. 
Hey, your words, not mine. <laughs> we should jump in here. I know we're on time limit, and I know I'm another cog in the whole thing today. So, uh, I do want to congratulate you guys on post pop depression. Uh, what a fun record! Um, sometimes a scary record, but mostly a fun record. I'm glad you got you got yeah. that. I think sometimes the did you notice this egg that sometimes just because the word depression is there, people go, "Well, it's so dark." I know. I know. Like, no, this, no, just um, the first guy that's caught the fun in the record. <laughs> it's a total yeah, this, fun record. It is. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of different moods that go along with it. And in fact, what I what I actually heard on Showcase Iggy was was your voice. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, well, I Josh guess Josh was Josh was uh, very kind. To me, as an arranger, he left all sorts of space for the vocals, and uh, he wrote some killer melodies, and uh, he got me the best engineer. Yeah, Mark yeah. Rankin is Mark wonderful. Rankin, yes, who worked worked with Adele, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. Yeah, so, and you yeah. sound just like Adele. I can I yeah, can vouch for that. <laughs> well, of- when you have Kanye West's auto tune, you can do anything. <laughs> and, and I had a studio of musicians and all this team of writers that wrote the. Uh, I forgot, but they're amazing. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> we weren't forgot. actually there; it was just other people. <laughs> right, so. right. But but in, in truth, though, you know, I know through the years, you know, when you think of Iggy Pop, you know, it's not always the first thing that comes to mind with the voice. But your last few records, those French songs, uh, particularly. Them French songs. Them French songs. Uh, Louisville. Yeah. The French. The French songs were my uh, kind of homework. Yeah. Leading up to this record, and that the reason I made those was I couldn't find. I hadn't been successful in finding anybody uh, in the English-speaking world who wanted to let me just sing and sing melody and be a baritone. So uh, I found that in the French songbook more and also some of Sinatra's old stuff I was covering. And uh, it gave me good practice for... I think it was a great reveal, too, about there's all these crooning moments throughout your catalog, and and that was these concentrated crooning moments, which, as a fan, for me, were... I I was like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. That's what I'd love to hear. And, um, And I think, you know, this... At first, we didn't. We we were in agreement to not box this in and define it because it just wasn't necessary. But it became clear that this is a, an Iggy Pop record, and and that means that the music can't. Mark Lanigan had this. Always would say to me, uh, "Do whatever you want as long as you turn it down." <laughs> um, but he said that because he can be very cruel honestly no uh, no I, I love that he said that because it was like don't challenge this and i really think that's intelligent when you have that crooning moment you you let it shine you know yeah i i, I guess for you josh that actually working with mark this whole time and i hadn't thought about it does also set you up to work with iggy with one of those great baritone voices and how to make it work uh, within the rock structures of this style, I, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I've had the 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 luxury of collaborating with, I mean, a, a lot of people, and uh, and the experience of that has all sort of been this wonderful, you know, natural preparation to be ready and 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 feel comfortable doing this, and I. Um, and so I'm really thankful for that. And <clears throat> and guys like Mark are uh, 
are also a one of a kind voice and fella. And so um, the understanding of recognizing when somebody has just something that is unlike everyone else in itself is is a, a cool thing to have its experience with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think um, I, I've <laughs> someone once called me a shepherd of the weird but I really think that it's a, <laughs> That's uh, pretty good. I, I think uh, really uh, what it is, is is accepting people for who they are, and not attempting to. You know what you should do. Right. You should get. You know you should get this job and walk the. You know I I love enjoying people as they are and turning that up. Um, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Well, for Iggy, the, for you, and while we're talking about this, I can't imagine at this point like you really have anything to prove. But did it seem like because it feels like you did want to put that voice out there like that? Is this There's like the last thing? Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to prove. Yeah, and that's what I did. Yeah, yeah that was that was it was about that. It was exactly and about also that. also about uh, having something uh, being able to engage lyrically having something to say those right. two things there's a lot of interesting things that you said on here it seems like sex and death were running through a lot of the themes <laughs> which well, I, I appreciate yeah. you not you know you can say That's that they me. can exist <laughs> yeah yeah sex and death baby yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've got to also don't forget tamales and bank accounts. That's very important. There's something between yeah, them. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm not a realistic guy. I realize everybody needs two things. You need a bank account. You need some tamales before you can go with the sex and the dying. And then you can and die once it's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> the connecting thread. Actually, I like that. Go have sex and die. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that is the French, you know, the little death. Thing. Yeah, the little <laughs> death. There it is again. There it is again. There is, I don't think I want to interrupt that again. It's, <laughs> there's one line, though, that, that so stands out. I mean, there's a few lines, I guess, but when you do the repeating line, I have nothing but by name, it goes from this, it, it sounds like it's like a call for help at first and then turns into a battle cry that really reminds me of, like, I will fight no more forever. I will yeah. fight what forever? I will fight no more forever. Oh, that was um, Josh's idea. Mm-hmm. I had the line in the song, and um, he dared me. <laughs> Double dog, I yeah. Just talk it twice yeah. Yeah. at the end. So uh, he saw something there and uh, pushed it another step. And uh, it's quite an experience just... Uh, just saying that and then i started to think you know you start to think is that okay <laughs> yeah well <laughs> oh, i mean that, i yeah. think things like that in the wrong hands yeah. are and are traditionally uh you're forced to deal with something like a spoken moment at the end in the wrong hands mm-hmm. and yeah. so you're you're a bit brain trained to immediately jerk your hands back and go oh well, no 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 but i think this situation had this allowance to there's an emotional shift that happens. You hear that, and and it's slow, so there's time. Right. And so you actually get to sort of traverse this emotional gap. And and this was the moment to try things that are uncomfortable because that's where it works, you know. I've, I've noticed s- several people, of, uh, it seems to be a grabber for mm-hmm. some people. That's like the scream in Lobby, yeah. too, is, is another well, you know, thing. Yeah, like that. I was thinking, you know, when... Uh, when the early rockabilly and rock started in the 50s, the shocking thing about it 
was that these people were screaming. You were supposed to sing nice, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to do, yeah, you like, sing like Perry Como or Bing Crosby or sing nice, you know. And uh, then all of a sudden there were these screaming people, but now... What well, we've had like what sixty five years of screaming, yes, right. yeah. <laughs> and so, so, to achieve the same kind of shock, you almost have to find a quiet moment and just say something. Yeah, maybe. make someone hang for yeah. a sec. Yeah, you know, that so hang time. It was a good idea he had. The other extreme. You talk about that. I mean, there are yelling parts and everything. Is that for you? genuine anger or is that part of the entertainment uh, of rock and roll oh, it's fake anger fake no. <laughs> yeah you're talking about uh the soliloquy or monologue at the end of paraguay and uh what happened you know you know picasso used to say i paint what i see and i'm a i'm a front guy so i say well, I'll sing what you give me. Yeah, you know, so is... in that part of that song, the song is about, the song was something I had written before I called Josh. I was where I was at the, I was at a loss uh, creatively, and I wanted to continue in that sort of, if you will, the f- certain French direction I'd been hinting at. Uh, with melody and feeling and uh, I wrote the verse and chorus to that about how I just wanted to walk away mm-hmm. just walk away uh, and I, I felt like why don't I I've got enough money and I knew I wasn't gonna <laughs> you know? well that's what I think is interesting yeah. about the song when, when we add that end part oh. it almost feels like you know, the dream is I'm going to get away, but then yeah. you realize I'm not going to make it. No. And so like, Josh, oh, fine, fuck you then. <laughs> Josh wrote, Josh wrote the words and music of the middle eight, mm-hmm. put a bridge to the song, which we do a lot of back and forth like that. And then he wrote that sadistic outro. Which is, boy, I mean, you want to, okay, you want to, you, you want to have a little rock and roll on this record? Here's some rock and roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I, if it feels like it's love, it's, it's like the most pleasure I've ever gotten out of a whipping. It felt like a whipping <laughs> and it was so strong in the room. And, uh, he, uh, Matt Helders was asking him a question about how at what points he wanted him to develop the intensity of the beat and josh just waved a hand in my general direction and said i don't know it's all up to whatever he does right now no pressure yeah Yeah, no pressure right (laughs) so i was on the spot so what you've got there is i tried to i tried to delve in to the next step or in other words the the original verse and chorus are kind of polite. Mm -hmm. And now what's really bothering this guy? What's bothering me? (laughs) He won't make it. (laughs) And so it came out and it was genuine, but I also realized it's funny too. (laughs) You know, some of it is, I know that, you know, so I'm, I, but it took us aback when that, because we only played it four times that whole song and, and it, each ending was different. And each yeah. time we looked at each other, uh, you know, I don't know if you picked this up, but we were like, 
wait a minute, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it stopped us in our tracks. It's yeah. amazing. Let me tell you, know, you I, w- so- I was listening on a laptop, by the way, when I heard that, and I just wanted well, to shrink you. and disappear. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is you. No, yeah, I'm talking to yeah, you. And, and then I have to interview them the next day? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it was not written out, by the way. It was, you that know, was a- that's... That's it's ad lib, thoughtful ad lib. Yeah. I would describe it as. It's so. such a powerful moment, and 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 just to, while we're on the subject of lyrics, to throw this other one in there, everybody's scared. Fear eats all the souls at once. I thought a mantra of our time, if I've ever heard one. It's, I certainly noticed. Uh, I agree. The incessant news flashes in the. It's been a. Uh, over a year since that was recorded, mm-hmm. that vocal, and it, I seemed to hit a wave. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, but I think the record is that there's an important side of that for me that you know mm-hmm. your life is kind of yeah, the the measure of a life is the the fears you've faced. Not, yeah, and yeah. you don't have to if you face them, you don't have to be unafraid of them because right. some some shit is scary. And uh, but at least you know. And I think that mantra of this for the record too is pursuing things that feel a little bit odd or uncomfortable at first but that's where the good vulnerable stuff is and that line is is uh should be written down and nailed to every wall in town it really should i mean it's i've realized that it's kind of dumb to imagine that i could just transfer all my funds to a bank in paraguay buy a little compound in the trees and receive love and affection from my servants and bodyguards. <laughs> but and it's, it's worth also, a thought, man. It's, 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 but it would be great. But I think about it. If know, you did it, I could come right, over. You know, I'm you thinking know, like hey, I realize that's not the way. Of, that's not a, a, a nice guy thing. Yeah. Thanks for leaving me here. That, yeah, that's. I that's, think uh, I think of that, and then you open your eyes, and you're stuck in the muck yeah, where you really are. Right. Where right. It's like, God damn it! I'm not gonna make it. Right. This you know, is if it, I just shut my on the inside of my eyelids. Tattooed this, this dream, you know. Oh. Well, so I had to settle for Miami. <laughs> you had to settle for you Miami. Can, you can yep. almost see Paraguay from there. <laughs> I'm headed to Turks and Caicos on my honeymoon in a couple of weeks, and maybe, maybe I'll just stay there. I'll take your advice, and I'll Would stay there. Would you say there. Turks and Giggles? Sure. Would you say you're Turks you're and Caicos? Tur- it's islands oh, sorry, beyond yeah. Florida. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm from the desert. I don't know enough about that. <laughs> Anyway, all you right. You like it. They're desert islands. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, it's really it's sand? Like, sand. Yeah, yeah. yeah good. I'll, I'm cool yeah. with that. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. It is a unique record. It's a beautiful record. And it is a fun thank record you. all the way to the apocalypse. I mean, it yeah. honestly is sex and death. A good yeah. time till it's over. Well, you got to right. listen to some during both. So That's right. All right. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. I appreciate we'll it. See you later. Now, part three of this episode takes us back to 2013. I, I think this was the first time that Josh and I had ever done an official interview uh, for my series. Uh, this was backstage at uh, that year's ACL Festival down in Austin. We were talking about the album Light Clockwork, its comparisons uh, to early, uh, earlier material from them, and, and how he uh, was keeping the big rock torch alive. Part three of Kyle Meredith with Josh Homme. Kyle Meredith, Josh Homme, Queens of the Stone Age. Welcome back to the world of rock and roll. Thank you. You didn't really leave, but I guess... It's gone for a couple years. Yeah, you did other things. Yeah, I was like, I think I was like wandering around my backyard looking for something. I think that's what Wayne Coyne does in his spare time. He just, yeah. it's, he's the crazy guy in Oklahoma. A glass of around. wine, just like kind of <laughs> trying to find it. Yeah. 
you look good in that kind of image in my head. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, like Luckwork, you've written this fantastic record. In fact, I'm already hearing people call it their favorite albums of the year and, and all that stuff. So that's nice. Um, yeah. nice. So that's good. <laughs> Anyways. No, it, it's cool though because, you know, I would imagine as an artist, you know, it's always about that, I, you know, I want to do something new, I want to prove myself every time. Is it frustrating at all that, you know, critics started right out of the gate saying, oh wow, Queens of Stone Age are back, and, and he did something like Songs of the Deaf, and he did something like Rated R. Well, Because it I starts mean, out like that. I mean, the truth is, is that, um, I don't mean this the wrong way, but everyone else is always just behind you. They can only comment about what you've done. Sure. And they need some kind of touchstone to draw it close, you know? And so much about records is, is sort of the timing and the atmosphere and these things that are really kind of hard to quantify too, you know? Because people are, you know, some people have said, you know, lyrically this is so much more real. And I think to myself, it's not more real, it just starts from a more desperate place. It's not so unfounded that they said that. You did bring back some of the old cast, you know, uh, you know, from the early days. They're there. Of course, you brought in some more. And I think to myself how little tricks are, are work so well. How do you mean? Well, sometimes it's really easy to, I guess, you know, it's easier to catch flies with sugar than a swatter. Yeah. You're just leading us into this question is what you're doing with, with journalists. But they were there, the artwork was similar. What I'm saying is it wasn't totally unfounded, but what you did, you took all these amazing people, uh, all these amazing people, collaborators, and you didn't make, I mean, this isn't a Santana record, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. That's what it is. If, if you didn't know that they were on the record, you wouldn't well, know this but, could but be I'm, any anybody in the world, I guess. Yeah, but but I think I think what when we collaborate with someone, we're asking them to be part of our gang, yeah, and to to sort of agree to be absorbed in our world the way we agree to get immersed in our own world yeah. too. It's not about dry humping someone's name to get further. <laughs> it's it's right. it's about an earnest collaboration with someone and. And I don't mean Ernest Goes to Camp, you know? And so... It had some great songs in it. Yeah, I, and which I did all three of the soundtracks, except for Ernest Goes to Prison. I didn't know But, uh... Now you will. Yeah. Uh, but with, with the exception of Elton, right. who I didn't know before, right. everyone else is people that I know that, uh, that, that I care about quite a bit and are really talented people. And so, why wouldn't you want to collaborate with them? And in particular, if it's not like, as I said, it's to be part of our gang and yeah. to do something cool together. Well, it's done in such a tasteful way is what I'm getting at. Well, you know, I appreciate which that. Which is really I, nice I, to... I, I think, you know, initially when people were seeing who was on the record, based on they were saying things and yeah. we hadn't said anything. But it was almost detrimental at first because it created a strange balloon that 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 is difficult to wrangle. Because it becomes about what someone wants completely, and you know, one of those things, something like that. Whatever you think it's going to be, it definitely won't be that because it's, you're not there, you know. And so it can be difficult to to overcome that, you know. But I think we, I think it's gone, it's gone well. I think it's gone great. Yeah, it's been really nice. When you're working with those people, you were kind of talking about, you know, people calling it a personal record for you. It's just something that came from a dark spot or a desperation. But when you're working with that kind of kind of material though, and you're working with your just your, your, the regular Queen's cast or you know the collaborators or whatever, you're still using your soul in a way that 
normal people would. You know, you've got to lay it out there and then use it in collaboration, which would seem like they're going to take something and make it something different that maybe you didn't have in the beginning. I don't want to try to make someone happy uh, by veering off. This isn't that situation. This is a situation where you like bear it all. And that, that can only be done as a device for yourself. You know? Well, it's something that lasts long. Well, I mean, I get to play music for a living. We could do something classic that could change somebody's everything. Yeah. And it could change my everything. To, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, ask around and make sure it's okay first? It just doesn't factor in there. It's just not right. It's just that everything about that doesn't seem right to me, you know? Did you at any point say, okay, you know, you had vultures, you were doing vultures, but it was six years between Queens and Stone Trick. Did you ever have that wonderment like, are we relevant? Because you're doing a sound. We've never been relevant. Yeah, that's not true. No, I mean, we, 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 we play heavy metal festivals because we're not heavy metal. Right. We play like, like, you know, like hippie festivals because we're not hippie. We're always the ginger on someone's palate. Yeah. We're not really part of the scene. And, and like, sometimes I wish we were, but then other times I feel like, no, this is the way it is. This is how it is. Yeah. You know? Um, well, you're keeping big rock alive when bands aren't doing that. When most bands are playing the trend, you guys are not doing on this purpose. great rock thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, like, I gotta be me. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, even like the Stones did I, disco in disco era, you know? And yeah, but they did it great. Sure. And maybe you could do it. Uh, and I think, I think there's a way to do all things, as long as you like it. If someone, has, if someone doesn't like it, I mean, go fuck yourself. I don't really care. But see, like, yeah. you did do this, and, and probably unintentionally, you went from this spot in your career six years ago when you were here, and when you came back, it suddenly like you were a much bigger rock star because you weren't here. I mean, there well, was a day I, in your I, early I, bands when you were against Rockstar, right? Well, I just, I, I come from listening to Black Flag sure. and GBH, right, right, where it's right. like, do well, but don't do too well. And, and really, infiltrating and destroying is all I ever wanted to do. Yeah. And really, that's what I really enjoy most now. Corruption is one of my favorite hobbies. You know, I'd love to burn it all down because that gives us a chance to start over and and apply something we knew to something new. Right, right. And right. and I and I and I don't see much in convention that isn't worth retilling and starting over, you know what I mean? So I I think this is just a chance to sort of like explode your your feelings, your your desire, how far you're trying to reach, that has nothing to do with how many records you sold. It's just a desire to like touch a, a moment for a second that's beyond people. You know what I mean? Like if I could just touch it for a second, I could die happy. You know? And I, I and and I don't want to like listen to like naysayers. They say nay. That's all they say. I, they, they don't matter. And and people that love your music then let's celebrate together but we gotta stretch and reach as far as we can you know I mean that's that's what this is beautiful word well do you think do you think age played into that I at believe. all that you were, do you think age played into that at all I mean what you're coming up on 40 you hit 40 I'm 40 now I turned yeah. 40 this year congratulations well I don't know I just know that uh, that I know now more than ever you have to tell your truth yeah. without any filter and damn the torpedoes man what you know? should I know about being 40 
32. What's the emotions I'm going to go through to get there? You know what? I have an inner calm that I wish would be on the outside too. <laughs> All right, Josh. Like clockwork. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you around. Cheers. Cheers. And my thanks to Josh Homme. The new Queens of the Stone Age record is called In Times New Roman. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Uh, again, uh, please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. You do that, I give you three brand new interviews every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. And discover the new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcasts at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, do me a favor. Head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's got uh, classic songs. It's got bonus interviews. It's got anniversary spins. We have a whole lot of fun. In fact, a recent uh, a recent show I did had the music of Depeche Mode and Radiohead, Nine Inch Nails, as well as Billie Holiday, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone, The Kills, Brandy Carlisle, The Clash, Blur, Tori Amos, Fishbone, The Breeders, uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, Childish Gambino, My Morning Jacket, Neil Young, and an interview with actress Harriet Walter, who recently starred as the mom in both Succession and uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, not Ted's mom, though. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's just a typical show that you can find 6 p.m. every weekday at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. See you on the flip. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.